So full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your hosts of the day be Couple guests too We're gonna win a trophy when overdue Can we do the double make it deja vu It's a move London thing Third one is only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in He's only got one E but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the show side, with the show side With the show side's what we sing With the show side, with the show side It's a new flood to me. Yo, 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 yo. It's the Shelfside Podcast. Welcome, welcome. You know I got that yo from the Breakfast Club, innit? Charlemagne the God. Nah, bruv. Breakfast Club got it from you, bruv. Of course. Tell the people. Tell the people. Bro, they, don't they don't know. You know what I mean? Breakfast Club have been, been snacking our, our ways for, for a long time now. But at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. You learn from the greats. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed yeah. to learn from the greats. So I just take it as a compliment, really, if I was you. Just let Charlotte yeah, know I do. that. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. At the end of the day. And, greatness and everyone else greatness. does. Exactly. Exactly. Do you know what? how old we are today? We are... Is that for your episode? Big four. Oh, <laughs> I can't name you a single. Wait, hold on. No, wait. Yeah, think. think. Hold on. Brad Friedel. No. Oh, no. no. I'm not sure. I don't think so. <sighs> I feel like Brad Friedel did wear 40. Or maybe he did play for us when he was 40. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's when he played for us when he was 40. Oh, but this 40. is his episode because I yeah. think he might be the only one to play for us in his 40s. So, shout out to Brad Friedel. There was a player uh, of of ilk, of note, who wasn't a youngster, who wasn't some dead player. There was a player who played in our side. He wasn't always first choice, but was a decent player. I think it was under Harry Redknapp or around that time. Um, I'll give you one other clue. Who who wore number 40? Yep. Okay, give me one more clue. He's from the continent. Hossam Ghali. No. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> you felt you said that with confidence. With bare well. confidence, isn't it? I was, I was, I was, there was too much sauce on that answer. I'm, I'm feeling it now, innit? Yeah, I went in too much. Um, not Hassan Ghali. Uh, not Asu Koto. He won number 32. Kamala yeah. never played for us. Basong won number 20. You're too high up the continent, is all I'm going to say. I'm too high up. Yeah. PNR didn't wear 40. He wore 40 for two seasons. Ha! Huh, Stephen Pienaar! <laughs> okay. Why was that not my first guess, man? Yeah, that's the man. Yeah, it's your... I mean, it's like your 20th guess, but it's okay. Mm, try third. But anyway, uh, Pienaar is interesting because when we signed him, it seemed like a really smart signing. On a free. Yeah. Like, it's clearly effective. Premiership ready. Can play across like across the midfield. It seemed like it was a really smart yeah, purchase, yeah. but I just never really, never really made the impact they could have done. No, I think he had some moments. He had moments. Um, I can't think of any. He had moments, but he had moments. Uh, he won a key I liked penalty him as a player. He won a key penalty against Chelsea, I think. Wow, that's footballing historian talk right there. Yeah, I think he won a key penalty. I remember he like it was like a it was a flat out budge. I can't remember who budged him over. I think. But we lost that game, right? No, I think... Oh, we didn't win it. We didn't win... They weren't the times we were beating Chelsea. Uh, well, we had that 2-1 victory under Redknapp. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we had... Yeah. It was Michael Dawson and Aaron Lennon. Very true. How's that? But anyway... That was about the only one. That was the only one. I don't want to get logged into like reliving the old days. I'm sure we've got some, some admin no, to No, we need to. We need to. No, it's basically we'll pay no, for let's, but we've got some, let's we've got, do the admin. Yeah, we've got some yeah, admin. Yeah, let's do the admin. Because we started just with the yo-yo-yo-yo. So, yes, say yo-yo-yo-yo to all those new cities out there. I'm going to find you right now. Grand Prairie. Priory, Priory, you know where you are. Where's that, um, Kobna, as you know your um, state side? Grand Prairie. P-R-A-I-R-I-E. No, no. So, I, Prairie. No, no idea. No? No, no idea. Texas. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything bigger down, like anything, you knew that. Everything bigger down south. That's what they say. 
Well, I don't know. See, I, t- I mentioned this a few pods ago, and you were trying to go on slide, but like you didn't know. But you're now you're saying everything big down south. That's, okay. what, they, that's what they say, bro. Okay, cool. I think that's the only new city. So shout out to you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, to all the new listeners, thank you for joining us. This is the Shelfside Podcast from the fans for the fans, and we like to give you a bit of bants, a bit of insight, and not too much moaning. Although, if you do get some moaning this episode, know that it's not always like that. I just want to put that point out right now. Um, shout out to the regular listeners. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing. I'm sure we come to you direct, sometimes at night, sometimes in the morning, but I know some of you like to listen to the dulcet tones of Kobna. I say this every week now, um, before you go to sleep or just as you're getting ready to wind down. Um, but we've got energy, we've got bands and rants as well. So, you know, you can listen to us anytime. Um, <laughs> And the the bit of admin that Kobner loves all the time is no, no, coming. No, 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 I've got no, to do it because no. no people are playing other than just yourself. You know, don't be selfish. You know, fine. Selfish. Fine. Like, like, he's top every week in it. Not you, Kobner. We know who's top. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that because I just said he's top. You're so rude, bro. You're so rude. No, it's I just enough for my confidence, bro. Anyway, get on with it. Get on with it. I'm getting on with it. I'm getting on with it. Um, Kidali OFC. I mean, they're top, 66 weekly points, 827 points. They're building up a massive lead. Oh, who's that in second chasing them from a distance? That might be me. And Kwabna, you're, you're up there. You're European places, six. So shout to you. And shout to everybody in the Shelfside Podcast Fantasy League. We've got a semi-retraction, not actually a retraction. We've got um, a comment, which you picked up on, on last week's episode right at the end. I don't think we recorded it, though. And you said... Messer Jonathan Woodgate was um, World 39. Yeah, did he not? Last week. You know, he did. He oh, did. Okay. But yeah, we missed it during the show and missed it at the beginning. So I thought we'd just put that in there just to show that we do know our Spurs. <laughs> but it just came. A shout out to Quabner and Wayne as well. Um, Quabner, sorry, your Quabner. Shout out to Kwame and Wayne. Yeah. Um, the Scousers, they came on. And yeah, we all know what happened after that. But um, thanks to those guys. And of course, Quabner, you said that. Oh, they're dead. They can't score. And what did I say? Don't say that. You did, but you I'm sure we'll get into that. You did say that. Yeah, yeah. let's just, let's um, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. So look, uh, we'll kick off with Liverpool. Um, I don't know how much you want to go into it, but basically, it was a it was a lackluster performance, right? It was a lackluster performance. There are a few things to take out from it, um, but from a footballing point of view, I'm gonna shoot off some of the things that came to me and obviously jump in at any time. But I think that we played a very... We started off really well. I said on the last podcast that I was picking a 3-4-3 and that's what we went with. Some people were surprised about that. I thought we started with uh, a good pace. We weren't much better than Liverpool at all, but we, we looked like we were out for the game and we could do some bits, which was encouraging. We scored a goal which was chalked off by a millimetre for offside. Really frustrating. Especially because when you are part of Spurs Twitter, you see the screenshots later about when the ball actually was left to score it, blah, blah, yeah, bring it out. Yeah, it actually yeah. wasn't offside and all this kind of stuff. It's just more painful to see it because we also know how different the game would have been. But having said that, also with Mourinho's side, if you go 1-0 that early against Liverpool you can't sit back and two chill two minutes you yeah. can't you can't sit back and chill so some people say the first goal would have changed everything I'm not sure it would have done I would actually prefer to score like much later but that's just me um, so yeah there was the there was that kind of initially good interplay up top um, Nambele Hoibier Kane uh, Son I mean I didn't think Kane I thought Kane was dropping too deep the majority of the time which I found frustrating I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, well, this is my problem with a 3-4-3, right? Um, You're going to get outnumbered in the centre, and that's why I didn't expect us to play 3-4-3, because ultimately the two um, players that add to Hoybier and Dombele are um, not going to come in. They're literally there for the width, and you have Hoybier and Dombele there against three. So Kane drops in to probably try and make it a three. And it's, it's no surprise that he, his entanglement for his first injury was with Thiago, a midfielder. 
Um, so, and ultimately and ironically, second tangle with a Liverpool player was another midfielder, but he was playing centre back. But yeah, I don't like it. Not that deep. He needs to stay up top, especially in those games because um, Sonny, bless him, he can't make the ball stick. Kane can. So these are the tactics that I'm sure we'll get into a bit more that um, were frustrating. I find I found that um, that in coming to coming as deep as he does, it becomes solely his responsibility to get things moving. But you want Kane on the end of the ball that Kane is playing. Because while Son likes to run in behind, if you give him the ball with the back to goal, Kane doesn't have the pace to then run beyond him. It doesn't work. He doesn't have that. So it's like you have to hit the ball into space and hope that Son can do the rest from that position. Because Kane is rarely ever going to catch up. And Son is rarely going to be able to hold the ball. Because he holds the ball before he... He holds the ball not to drag people in, but he holds the ball in order to catch his defender off balance and then to strike do you see what I mean so it's a very different yeah. very different approach play um, but yeah so that was frustrating um, Kane then took a couple of a couple of knocks ironically one of the ways in which he got injured was with that whole um, Jordan Henderson backing into him and he felt awkwardly some people out there were screaming the irony yeah, yeah. screaming bloody karma um, so yeah. yeah he tried to play on then you got another challenge, and we all know that when it comes to Harry, Harry's ankles, it's a wrap. So that was a frustrating. Did you see Twitter in the week? No. Where Don Belle did a mad bit of skill, his close control in training, and Kane went stumbling back, stumbling back. And I think it was Spurs Web, so shout out to Matt and those guys. Um, they tweeted um, Don Belle breaking um, Kane's ankles, something like, don't they know, doesn't he know they're fragile? Or something like that, yeah, okay. and it went a bit viral. So the irony that the following game or the very next game, Kane damages his ankles. Maybe Dombele softened them up. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, bruv. maybe. But it was, it was not, it was not good, man. It was not good. And you know, people say that we some some people out there who have the theory that we sometimes play better with better without Kane uh, in terms of our style. Those people are crazy. And no. those people, at least, they, they had the stats to support it to a certain extent when Pochettino was manager. But since then, it's not been the case. And I don't see how it could happen with Mourinho. So, we, uh, yeah, I guess the one the one positive I can take from that game was the Hoiberg-Nambele partnership is just looking better and better every game. They have an understanding of how to turn defence into attack very swiftly. I think Nambele does a great job as an eight as a number eight, breaking up play with interceptions, but also driving us forward. And when it comes to being physical and putting a tackle and putting a foot in, rather than interceptions, Hobie is excellent at that. And he also is very adept at passing. Like he, he can break through the lines of a pass. So that is a great engine room to build the ground, to build around for sure. And um, I found that was very encouraging. I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, no, I can only echo that and just shout to Hoybier. Obviously, he scored a wonderful goal and he joined the very short list of goal scorers in Premier League games for Spurs. So that was good to see him get on the score sheet. He doesn't score too many and he's very disciplined, but it was good to see him do that and that tandem. But do you think that's enough in midfield? Do, week I, think on week? A, do I think it's enough? Um, I don't think it is enough, but I think it's what we have. Like, I don't see how it's going to change. I think we're in the position now where we can't... We, we pretty much depend on those two players. One solely for the creativity of the whole team, to be honest, because he seems to be the only person who can create something. And then the other person in Hobia being the only person who can really shield our defence intelligently. Now, Sissoku can shield the defence. He works hard. But actually moving the ball intelligently, not always. Sometimes you feel like he's got a mistake in him. You know, you've got that kind of problem. Whereas Hoiberg is reliable. So, that axis on paper, back in the days of four four two, you would not mess with that. That would be perfect. But we've grown to say that the technical ability of the players around them has, has become so far improved that that's just not enough. So, it's a shame, man. Um, wish you could put better pieces around them and play in a better brand of football. But, unfortunately, it's not happening right now. Um, there were reports of Aurier having a bust-up with Mourinho. You heard about that? 
Well, yeah, I heard that it started with an inquest into the first goal, Aurier shouting at Loris and Dyer and asking them why didn't they clear it between them because it was absolutely shocking all round. Aurier's obviously at fault at first, but he's not at fault for the goal because Dyer has ample time to clear that. He's got to sense danger and Loris has got to command that he clears it or dump, or Loris jumps on it and stops it getting to Firmino just for a simple tap-in. So that goal isn't solely on Aurier. And when he raised that in the dressing room, obviously we had this with Mourinho last season with Son and Loris. It was challenge your teammates. But ironically, he challenges the captain. They have a argy-bargy. He didn't get substituted. Obviously, you're not really going to try and substitute Loris. I get it. But why is he now the scapegoat? And on the back of that, he apparently left the ground. And, um, yeah, that probably didn't bode well for the second half performance, especially with Kane being off. But I did see a tweet um, from Aurier, whether this was fake news or not, I didn't investigate, where he came out and actually said it's bullshit to somebody's tweet about it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you the screenshot, um, but I'm not quite sure whose it was. Okay. And cool. if whether it was, I tried to look it up briefly, and I got distracted. But yeah, that's what he came out and said. But obviously, he was dropped for the next game. Yeah, I mean, I, I find it frustrating that if they are going to have a bust up, it's just one rule for um, for one part from one team, and then one for one player, and, and another rule for another. Like he wasn't the reason why. Like yeah, he was beaten by money, but the ball that came us, the ball that came across, was a decent ball. And to be honest, Mane still had a lot to do to get under control. The cross itself wasn't like flawless, but but the problem was definitely with Dyer and Lloris. Like one of them has got to be got to be commanding in that space, that close to the keeper. How can you even wait? Like if you need to take the keeper's head off, take the keeper's head off. If you need to knock out um, Dyer with a punch, knock him out with a punch. There's a lack of leadership from the two supposed leaders that Mourinho oh, has out there. I've been hearing. I was all getting season, to that. I've been hearing all season about how. Um, you, Dyer's there because he understands Portuguese. He's commanding. He's giving the respect, all that kind of. And don't get me wrong, like you've made you've made statements to that ilk as well. And mm. I'm not questioning that. Like being a being a mouthpiece and him being out there, that's completely sound sound logic. Get it completely. But then when it comes down to it, barking out, oh, someone get lying. Someone is that's the easy part. When you're in a situation yeah. like that, being able to take commands, being able to take the situation by the scruff of the neck, and find a solution, that's what leadership is. And he failed to do that. And it's not the first time in a big moment he's felt. Oh, it's definitely not the face first time. We have made horrible Sunday park level, almost schoolboy level mistakes. Like Rodon made one, and I'm not completely mad at Rodon. I think he's played decent enough in the last two games, but he doesn't know clearly that he doesn't have time on the ball. So you've got a 29 year old. An experienced Michael um, Doherty, um, Doherty behind him, and a World Cup winning captain with bags of experience in front of him, who neither tell him clear. They don't probably tell him time, but they don't tell him get rid. Right? Maybe they think he knows, but that's a lack of leadership. The first goal, lack of leadership. The goal that probably wasn't or was the handball, lack of leadership. It was all awful. And you're right, a hundred percent right. No one, the captain and the leader of the centre-backs, who's been the mainstay throughout the whole of the season, is not commanding. And there is no surprise that we're leaking goals right now. No surprise. So, I mean, yeah, I think, look, I agree with everything you said, it was a flipping, it, 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 was, it was just a crap show. Liverpool couldn't score before coming to us, then they banged three goals away from home. And then... We go and play Brighton um, away from home. We haven't won at home all season. And then they beat us and keep a clean sheet. So, look, it's going to be painful, but we're going to get through, we are going to get through this podcast, bro. We're going to get through the podcast, yeah? Bro, can I just say, it's just the end of January. We just got through January, the darkest, grimmest January on record, given the current lockdown free. And then we had Brighton. And you want to talk about it? Yeah, it's grim. It's grim, bro. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and dress this up in any way, shape, or form. I'm not gonna insult your intelligence by trying to tell you it's gonna be okay. Because right now it's looking <laughs> disgusting. It's looking dirty. So I'm not gonna lie to you. But um, let's just jump straight into it, Brighton. Look, 
we're playing a team fighting relegation. They haven't won at home. They play good football, but ultimately haven't been that good enough. And they lost to us 2-1 earlier in the season where they were actually better than us in quite a few parts of the, large parts yep, of the game. Yeah, they were. We set up with a 3-4-3. Three, three. We started with Bale, uh, something that a lot of people wanted to see. Um, and, I mean, to be fair, I've also wanted to see that. Let me say that right now. I've also wanted to see that. Um, yeah, we discussed this. We discussed this uh, ample times. Um, at least even just to get him minutes, reps, like whatever. I've wanted to see it because at the end of the day, you have a player like that. Let's try and find a way to integrate him. As your manager, as a manager, that's your job. Um, we didn't start with a recognised striker. Um, stupid. Stupid. I don't see why you would not just allow Son and Bale to flank Vinicius. I don't think Bergwijn, in the context of the rest of the team, deserves to be dropped for that. But if you are going to try something different, he seems like the kind of kid who'd understand. So, shake it up. He's not... He's not he's, Felt like he was coming into a little bit of form. He just needed a goal. It hasn't happened. Fair enough. Can I just say on that on that yeah, point, on, two assists in two games. Yeah, let's not underplay that either. Right? No, that's true. He got the Hobier assist and the Dombele assist against Sheffield United. Yeah, there may just be passes forward, back, whatever. But he's in the right place, doing the right things, right? So coming into a bit of form, he needs to score a goal. We know that. But I think he's done okay. And uh, I completely agree with you. So with that in line. He would have. He could have felt hard done by to be dropped, but I also feel like he would have coped with it like professionally. The last time, he he was, yeah. the last time he was he was dropped, there was no spitting the um, the dummy out or throwing toys out of the pram. He pretty much got on with it, which was fine and I respected. So we didn't set up a three four three up top. We had Bale, Son, Bergwijn, no Vinicius, and I would say that. It's a problem because Vinicius played Europa League, so he's got minutes at that level. He's played um, FA Cup, so he's got minutes at the level. He was brought in for this particular, for this to solve this solution, right? And yeah. I find it annoying when commentators say the same thing every single time. Oh, well, that's the problem with when you come to Tottenham. When you're going to come in there and you're going to play behind Harry Kane, it's difficult, blah, blah. When Jesus signed for Man City, he wasn't signing there thinking he was going to displace Aguero. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Simple. It's not what happened. When um, when uh, Chelsea signed Timo Werner, like they knew there was going to be competition for Abraham. That's what's going to work. Like Arsenal didn't decide not to buy um, Aubameyang because they'd signed Lacazette. Like that's not how it works. Let the best the best strikers let them fight out. But I think that people only want to talk about that when it comes to us. Oh, well, if you're going to come to something, you're going to wait. Yes, you don't matter which club you come from. If you are the, if you are being signed as a striker, you have to displace whoever's there before you. The same with any other position. I know if yeah, you've got, yeah. I know you've got, if you've got a world class player in that position, it's going to be difficult. You're right. Of course it is. But it's the same as anything. If you go into any team and the person ahead of you is world class, it doesn't mean you don't just go there. You're trying to be world class as well. You're not trying to be world class as well. I mean, my nature is different, right? My nature is different. I'm a competitor in that sense. When it comes to sport, like I'm not doing that. I'm not coming just to take part. I'm coming there to win. So if these people who have got to the professional level have to have a level of competition, because otherwise they don't just stumble into professional footballers. So I just I'm sick of hearing that from from commentators first and foremost. But go on. No, I was gonna say I make you right. I mean, City have had the likes of Jeco Aguero. Um, and other strikers. I think they had four at one point. I can't even think of half of them. And then Jesus comes along. And Aguero is a good um, analogy or a good um, launch point because he is a record goal scorer, right? He is City's record goal scorer. He's one of the Premier League record goal scorer. So he right now is comparable to Kane in that kind of stature of a striker um, that they've got at a club. He scored Premier League winning goals, etc. But yet, Jesus came in and Jesus challenged him and played. But I think Guardiola is more akin to rotation, more akin to trying things. And he dropped, he's dropped some of his big players. He will drop De Bruyne. He will drop Aguero on occasions. Jose won't do that. So that's compounding the issue that we have in terms of Vinicius because we've all called for him to have more minutes to partner Kane, to replace Kane um, at the start or during games when we've been relatively comfortable hasn't happened. So 
when Kane gets injured, you think the very next game he should start, right? That is exactly what you touched on, exactly what he was brought in for. And he doesn't. And to compound matters, we play 3-4-3 and we don't have a right back. We play, well, Aurier was dropped from the squad completely. Tactical, Mourinho said. And Michael um, Doherty was on the bench. And we played Sissoko at right back. So we've got this formation that I don't like, by the way. I'm just pointing out that I don't like it. I don't know if you like it, Kwabna, but I don't like it. Um, And we're playing this formation unnecessarily for me as well because we're playing a side that's 4-4-2. I kind of get it. Well, Brighton weren't 4-4-2. We played against Liverpool who were 4-4-2. Sorry. Sorry, 4-3-3. And I kind of get it against the 5, but not against the 4-3-3. But anyway, we're playing this formation that I don't think we're comfortable with, especially playing with Davies as a centre-back. Like we've said, he's an emergency centre-back at best. He isn't first-choice, regular centre-back. Then you've got the young kid Rodon, and then he dropped Dyer, which was amazing, and brought back Toby. But he'll probably drop Toby next game. So the inconsistencies in formation selection, I don't think any of that helps us. Um, and then we don't play the right players. We're playing a few square pegs in round holes. We played Bell, as you mentioned. And we played Bell as a nine. I know he had nine on his back. But it's interesting because the comments after the game were that he's playing Bell to give the kind of... He didn't say movement. He said the kind of performance that Kane would do in terms of dropping deep. And I think Son and Bergwijn running behind. And that's what you and I discussed when we discussed Bell playing. And we thought, yeah, it makes sense. He's intelligent. He's got qualities. He's not going to do that much running. He can play in that hole and find those guys. But from what I saw of Bell, especially in the first half an hour, he was right up top. Yep. And it was never going to work. And then he come right, he come back he come back deep at times and then it felt like there was no one rotating into that space so they they all just vacate, vacated and played the three of them trying to play behind no one I don't I didn't get it I didn't get it at all I didn't get it yeah, I just Jake was wrong and I'm not being funny they should have scored they hit the post early doors then they scored I mean uh, don't want to pin him out but Davies lost the pass lost a runner and then i don't know how he didn't get back i know he hasn't he isn't blessed with pace but i don't know how he didn't get back to stop the ball coming to trossard and it was one nil but i knew from that moment that we were not going to get anything out of that game because it was just one of those performances where i say there were nothing performance we were never in that game we didn't create any real chances we didn't really have many patterns of possession or territory um didn't really um have a threat because vinicius wasn't there and bell wasn't playing the way we thought he would play and we just looked disorganized i wouldn't say disinterested but certainly disorganized and and we had a lack of style and approach and understanding and that worries me. Worries me big time. I think it's... I think the whole thing is that for a very long time... For a very long time, we've spoken about how there's no real style. There's no real approach. There's no, there are no real patterns. But then we are hard to beat. And we are organised. The organisation seems to have gone. And you change the formation every week and change players yeah. every week without yeah. understanding the formation, right? So it's like my my thing is that if the organization is gone, the formation is gone, and the, this whole idea of people know what they're doing when they're playing for him um, is now gone, and there's no attacking fluidity, and we're also losing, then all the trademarks of why we got someone like Mourinho in are out of the window. We got him because he's the winner. We're not winning. We got him because he makes people, he makes the people solid. We're not solid. His defensive, um, his defensive capabilities and also his ability to maintain a lead, all those things out the window. So, for me, it's like, look, it's it's it's. People say it's too early to be Mourinho out. The truth is, I'm never Mourinho in, but I'm a Tottenham fan first and foremost so if Mourinho is the one at the helm then I'm going to do what I can to like support the club that's just that's how I'm built 
right? But I've never been happy about it. But my thing is that every coach comes with their kind of pluses, right? The thing about Mourinho, though, is that, and I've always said this is a very key distinction, Mourinho has never actually ever been a coach. Like, it's very rare. You can look to, like, one or two players that he improves, but he's not really a coach. You get very few you get very few coach. You get very few managers who coach and manage, right? Ferguson was a manager and a coach. Um, I yep. think. I think that Guardiola is still more of a coach than a manager, but you can see he's he's definitely a, a hybrid of the two. Um, Klopp is a hybrid of the two. Uh, Pochettino eventually got there. Um, hybrid of the two. Allegri does both of them. Ancelotti does both of them. These are managers who have got more than a handful of players that they improve and then move the team forward. What Mourinho has done, and I've said this on multiple podcasts before, is that he takes a team that's almost there and gets them over the line, right? Because we weren't almost there, we were actually at the back end of our cycle, he needed to coach and improve these players. And that hasn't really happened. And that's my frustration. So if we're not going to improve those players, then we're also not going to improve our style. It's just a very worrying combination. We played with no plan. We played with no plan. And that is scary. A or B. There was nothing going on. And you could tell when the players were playing, it's like they were looking for they were looking for some direction. They were looking for somewhere to to be like a focal point. And the fact that we didn't play with Vinicius meant that that wasn't really happening. And so once Vinicius actually came on, we suddenly had that, right? We suddenly had a focus. We suddenly had direction. We suddenly had a way to play and people were trying to get the ball into him and that's where things started to happen Mourinho said at the end of the game that we played with like a level of of sadness and that oh, we, all of this we, oh, we gave yeah. we gave it everything like towards the last half an hour it's like that's because you played with a striker if there's a striker on the bench bruv play the striker just play him just play him he's clearly look the thing about Vinicius is he's clearly like he speaks he speaks Portuguese so there's no language barrier problem there He's clearly someone who wants to stake his claim and won't give an opportunity to score. Look, we've all, we all remember flipping Alfonso Alves, who came from um, the Dutch Eredivisie, came to play for, for Middlesbrough after scoring like 33 goals in one season and he couldn't do the business. I get that. But Vinicius has come and he scored 36 goals, finished top scorer, and we had a situation where we need him. It's not like he's not a choice. Right now, he's a lack of options, right? But put him on there. Put him on there. Because I would rather see him toil and not getting hit out of there. And that's establish a way to play without Kane than to continue to roll the dice. Because we've been calling, we've been criticising, and when I say we, I mean as a fan base, it's not me personally. I think I actually think Levy has done a great job since he's taken over. May not have pushed us as far as he could do. I, I accept that. But, boy, before he came, we were finishing 10th. So, you know, whatever. This this transfer window, people came were like was like his best one ever. He, uh, he addressed all the things that we needed. If he gave you the tools, use them. Use the tools, Rav. Use the tools. <laughs> it's like going, okay, I've got a power saw. I've got a power saw. I need to saw some wood. Power saw is broken. There's a normal manual saw on the side. No, I'm not going to use that, bruv. I'm going to use a spoon. Why are you using a spoon, bruv? Use the saw. Use the saw. <laughs> How are you going to cut through wood with a spoon? Bruv! <laughs> you know what, yeah? Mourinho pushed me. He pushed me. He pushed me, man. He pushed me. Back to back losses. Look, I've been supporting. But listen, I've been supporting him a long time. Back to back yeah. losses isn't going to kill me, bro. It's the manner of those defeats that pretty. It's the manner. It's the manner. The manner was just nothing. No clue. No idea. It was awful. It was painful. Uh, you touched on it. You, t- I didn't want to interrupt you. You had so many good points, so many valid points. Like uh, those who say, "Oh, we need to back Jose. We need to give him funds. The squad is terrible. The squad is this. The squad is that." No, sorry, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I didn't hear that at the beginning of the season with the transfer window, like you touched on. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest, but everyone understood the financial situation. And when we brought in seven players, I know we didn't get the, the marquee centre-back, but when we brought in those seven players, everyone was like, okay, you've done well. You've done okay. Now, Regulon has not been a dud. Hoybe has not been a dud. Like, um, Rodon got value. Vinicius looked de- decent enough in the games that he's played. Although I said a couple of weeks ago, I don't believe in him. He played well in the second half. But the thing is, 
Jose, as you touched on, is right. Your point was so right. As we know, he takes sides that are nearly there and takes them to the pinnacle. But typically, they're experienced teams, right? Experienced players. He doesn't need to coach them. He just needs to give them a structure. But hello, you need to coach players. There's players like Rodon. You need to coach. You need to coach Bergwijn. These are young, malleable players. They need to understand the Premier League. They need to play in a system. And this is my other point, right? We don't have a system. We touched on this with Trevor. Like, and Trevor said Jose would be pragmatic. He's not been pragmatic. He's been erratic. Okay? Like, jumping yeah, from... People would like to say yeah. it, but it's the truth. He's been erratic. He's been erratic. He's, I think he's losing it. And not know what your best team is, your best formation is. That's a problem. It's a problem. It, this is what I'm saying to you. So... We don't know our best side, and this is the problem, right? Because everyone's blaming the squad, the squad, the squad, the squad, the squad's rubbish. No. If you've got the squad that we've got, if you know your players, if you know your structure and your formation, and if the players all know the formation, all formations, it can be adaptable, then those who are on the fringes are coming into a system, they're coming into a role that they know, right? So they know what's expected of them in this position. If anybody can tell me that the defenders knew the system and everybody knew the system of the 3-4-3 and are comfortable within it for both of those games, I think you need to go and see someone, if I'm honest, because they don't. They clearly don't because it's way too many mistakes, way too many um, possessions lost after one or two touches, right? And then we just go long. So my point is, if we have a system and an identity, players will fit into that a lot easier than a chop and change, erratic kind of selection and formation. And that's on Jose. It's 100% easy responsibility for that. There's no, no doubt at all. No doubt at all. Um, so look, now... I guess the window, as we record right now, they, the window's closing. It doesn't seem like Delhi's going anywhere. What happens now? Listen, Delhi has to play, right? So you rem- reminded me a couple of times on the pods when I said Jose struggled last season, when we lost Kane and we lost Son, but you reminded me that when we lost Kane, he found a way of playing. Uh, it took a, maybe a game or so, but we found a way of playing. Then we went on a run, and we won games. And Son was up top. Um, and then Son got injured against Villa. Obviously broke his arm. But in that side, we had Son. We had Bergwijn, who we have now. And we had Delhi. Okay, making the link between midfield and defence. Where is Delhi? Delhi's on the missing list. Um, Delhi's probably looks like Delhi's had COVID for like four months. Like he's just not featuring when he needs to feature. Now is the time. You want that 10 type player. Lo Celso's injured. Nobody knows when he's coming back. Dombele and Hoiberg access shouldn't be broken up. We shouldn't push Dombele too far forward. Um, leave him where he is and let Delhi link the play. Let's not worry. If you can play Bell in a side who doesn't track back, all the way, then you can play Delhi and allow for his enigma to take over. Allow the player that is a magician when he needs to be take over. And he's going to make the odd mistake. But you accept that with forward players, right? You have you to. Do. You, have, you have to encourage the risk taken. You have to. Well, Pep does. Klopp does. Jose doesn't. This, this, is, this is what I find frustrating. It's like, if you want if you want this maverick moment, if you want to build a team on solidity and organisation, then for those who are up top, you need to allow them to produce those magics, like to produce that magic when they can. Like that's the whole point of having those players. Those are pay- those are the ones you pay to watch. Like anything other than that is just it's restrictive and it just doesn't work. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think he has to play. We need to find a way to bring him back into the team. Uh, some humble pie needs to be eaten because right now we need a spark. We need somebody that's going to come in. And right now, he knows what it's like to be on the outside, right? So arguably, he's got nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose. Like, what's he going to fear? Being dropped again. He's been out in the cold for so long. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Let him come in, do something about it, and, and play the game. 
Yeah, and he needs to be encouraged to do so because I, I, I do worry and wonder about Jose because, to his credit, he hasn't taken the credit for Dombele, um, Dombele's resurgence. A lot of media have given Jose the credit for it, but he said it's down to the player. But we all saw that it was down to the player, but it was also down to Daniel Levy, right? Because truth be told, it's, it sounded like, and there's certainly enough rumblings to suggest that Jose would have got rid of him and brought in Skriniar if he could in an Inter Milan swap deal plus cash um, at the time. Yeah, And there were other, the other rumours that if Barcelona were prepared to swap, I think it were Artur and one other, maybe Rakitic, for Dombele, he would have done the deal as well, or agreed to the deal. So I don't think Jose was necessarily saying, get fit, get fit, get fit, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this. I think it was Daniel Levy saying, he's my biggest asset, he's not just being sold on the cheap work it out so he needs to turn around and say that with the Delhi Ali situation because he's being paid over 100 grand a week let's work it out we need him right now as, as a manager it should be your remit to get the best out of what you have like that's the first and full, first thing that should be should be done like this is what you have to do because these are these are the tools at your disposal right so go forth and use them and so to be in a situation we're stuck in now and not to use someone like some, a player of his calibre just does not make sense. So hopefully he can find a solution, but I think it's absolutely essential he, he does because he's not going anywhere now. And he's well, one see, of our biggest assets. Yeah, let's see what happens with Aurier as well, right? Because if there was a proper bust-up yeah, and Aurier doesn't eat humble pie, will Aurier feature? Will Aurier be frozen out? Can we afford to have Delhi and Aurier frozen out right now? With Kane, Lo Celso, and Regulon injured? That means Davies plays every week, regardless, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. we need to work this out. That's not good. But, right. how bad is it? How bad is it? Really? And you know what? It's not, it's not that bad, because everyone around us is fucking crap, bruv. Like... <laughs> And this is the thing. Apart the, from those down the road, they're getting better. Yeah, but this is what's annoying about Spurs. It's like when we are bad, frustratingly bad, everyone else is pants around us. And the reason it's so frustrating is because you know that if if we could just get our act together, we could take advantage of everyone else being crap. So it's the same way like Leicester, for example. When everyone else was crap around Leicester, they took advantage of it and went on to win the 100. league. Yep. Like when everyone's been crap around us, we decided to be crap as well. We could have gone third. Decided to be even worse. Yeah, we could have been third if we beaten Fulham. We didn't do it. We could have consolidated. Um, we could have gone second when we beat if we beat um, Crystal Palace. We didn't do it. Like every time we're giving like fourth if we beat Liverpool. Yeah. Just we just always, always, always want just just ball. We could have closed the gap with Liverpool to one point, right? After having lost to them the game before, had we won this game. Yeah. And we were playing a team that hadn't won at home, at home all season. And we just should be taking care of business. So we didn't. We didn't. So, I mean, we, we could... It's very plausible that the season could end with two cups and a top four finish. And Why did you stop at two? Because three's not happening. <laughs> two's but, not happening at this rate. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, two's not even happening at this rate. Um, but... That's very plausible. And if you are in a situation where you just need to win one game, we've all said on many, many, many occasions that Mourinho is the guy to deliver that. So should that come to the end of the season, it can't be seen as a failure. But the context is really important because it just means that at a time of which you really could take things forward and really, really push things and take advantage of everyone else being crap around us, we, we failed to do that. So is it that bad? No, it's not that bad. But what it is, is really frustrating and painful in the fact that we are not taking advantage of that stuff. And it seems that it's not enjoyable to watch either, right? If you're going through this stuff it's awful and, to watch. and at least it's enjoyable to watch, then you're cool. You move on. You accept it. It's calm. Like, you can accept these things when you're winning, man. If you're not winning, this, this, is, this is a tough pill to swallow. And right now, we're not winning. Our team seems, our team seems miserable as well. 
So we're not winning. Our team team's miserable, and we don't sad. Really have. A, we, don't, sad. we don't really have a. Te- yeah, flipping hell, bruv. We also we just don't have a, we don't have a style of play, which I find very frustrating. So is it that bad? It could definitely be worse, but it's definitely not good, man. It's definitely not good, and I just don't see where it's going to change because, despite the promises of a new Mourinho, a new feeling, he he's now the happy one. All that bullshit, bruv. It's the same old crap. And this is exactly why I've said from the beginning, not my manager. All right. So two conversations we had, well, I had with uh, loads of Spurs fans. I mean, it's been Spurs-centric in our groups over the last few days. We had to dip out of them sometimes. But (laughs) (laughs) some of the conversations are like, if the Carling Cup was all that Mourinho delivered, is that good enough? It's not. I then what and not not top four finish. Uh, not top four. Yeah, that's not enough. That's not enough. Because okay. the the Carling run we've Cup had. And top four then. The yeah, then I'll take that yeah. Because the run we've had, people people context is always it's so. I say this all the time. Context is so important. The run we've had. Yes, we had to get past Chelsea. We only played well in a half. By the way, against Chelsea, they dominated mm-hmm. our first half. So and their manager's gone. Just to put that into context. So, yeah. for me, we had the easiest run. You get to Man City. We've been in Man City in the league already, yeah. But they weren't in the form that they're in now. And they love this cup. So, if we were to win it, great. But it means that we only really played two tough games. Um, and so, that needs to be remembered. I will take it, but it's not a successful season. It's enough to give Mourinho another season, though. I'll give, I would actually give him another season to see what he can do, for sure. Um... But what uh, if he just won it and didn't finish fourth, and we finished eighth? No, 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 no. If he finishes fourth, and that's it. If he finishes eighth, and we win Carling and Carling Cup, he can go, bro. He can go. It's our first trophy in how many years? I don't so care, bro. Just okay. But one day Ramos went. Did he not go? Did one day Ramos not go? Which led to yeah, no, which, which led to which led to um, which led to Harry Redknapp, which and getting Champions League and the perform- Champions League run we had, I think a lot of people would take that over the experience of winning. I mean, I guess it's different because we won, we beat Chelsea. Mm. But it's, it's it's a discussion. It's at least a discussion, right? So if we can get someone else who's going to, this is what's going to happen anyway. Marina is going to either win a cup or two. He will piss everyone off. He'll leave, he'll have an acrimonious like um, exit, and then we'll bring in a manager who's young, upcoming. You know, focuses on the stats. Has got a pattern of football. English. Uh, he probably won't be English actually. I think the English mm-hmm. managers are done, bro. They're done out here. <laughs> um, and then they'll be like, okay, cool. Let's play nice football. It'll be enjoyable. Everyone will be happy, but we won't be winning anything. And it'll be the same cyclical argument. Yeah, I, it's going to happen because I think Mourinho has shown. And I'm waiting for the the Jose lovers to come and shoot me down. I'm actually a target right now for them. Like it's clear that he can't manage a side over a sustained period of time to challenge for the league. Right? Um, we had that little run before Christmas, and we got into the um, low block ball, and we questioned at the time. How are we going to play against sides that sit in a low block, like Brighton sat in a low block um, and others? We can't break them down. We don't have the archetypical archetype 10, especially when Kane's not there, um, to break sides down. Um, And yeah, that's why we just put in nothing performances after nothing performances. So Jose is very much a siege mentality coach. He could get us over the line against City, but like you said, they're a lot better. We've got Everton away in the FA Cup. That's not going to be easy. That's without Kane. Yeah, not And then Europa League should be easier. However, we haven't got a star. We haven't got a plan. That said, Vinicius should play against Wolfsburger. Um, and hopefully we get through there in time for Kane returning. So, yeah, maybe not all doom and gloom, but right now with lockdown free and these early nights and early evenings, it's feeling a bit grim. It is, man. A tad grim. Feeling a tad grim. So, but, you're going, what are you going to say? No, I was going to say, but we can't leave it on that kind of note, can we? We've got to be uplifting. 
Um, even though there's nobody coming through the door, the only uplifting thing I can say is that Gedson is probably going to Galatasaray. I mean, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see him turn into a world beer. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> Told you it's going to happen. So watch watch this space. In two or three years' time, we're going to be kicking ourselves with Gedson. I don't know how, but I just got that feeling um, that he's going to turn it around and prove us all wrong. Um, so yeah, watch this space. And, and like you mentioned, Delhi's still here. So that's a positive. That is a positive, and I'll take that. I hundred percent will take yeah. that. Um, and I'm stretching now. I'm literally running out of positives. You got yeah, any? No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. I, I'm just happy. I managed to get through this like pod without getting really angry. Do you know what I mean? I think it was it was quite cathartic, uh, but I didn't like get lost in the depression of it all. So you were me, good. That, that in the Jose, Jose rank didn't come. Yeah. Back. So that in itself was a win for me, man. It was a win for yeah, me. Yeah. That. Leroy was gonna have to do some editing. We couldn't have another Jose run. No, 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 Jose no, 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 no. Leroy would have to cut me out, man. But um, yeah, so that's it from us, man. Uh, look, guys, it's been it's been a tough week, um, but it's over. You didn't die. No. So we got um, we got to play Chelsea Thursday. No, Chelsea we got to play us, bro. So well, you yeah. know we win like the animal. We're in the corner. Back to them to corner. Let's see what we do next. Let's see what yeah, we do hey. next. I forgot something. I forgot something. Wayne will kill me, right? Um, on last week's pod, I've got to shout out the two things that he got bang on. He did get bang His on prediction, it. yeah, Liverpool 3-1. And the other prediction, the subtle prediction or statement he made was, Sane, Sane, Mane doesn't like when he loses a battle. He will come out all guns blazing to try and get the better of Serge this game round. And... Not saying Serge was terrible, but Mane was, he did get a better of him. So, um, both Kwame and Wayne know they're Liverpool, but I just thought I'd point those two points out before he kills me. Yeah, yeah no, to be honest, shout out to him. He got it right. Um, and we were once again left wanting, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. One day it'll come good, man. But it wasn't, it wasn't to be, not, not this season. <laughs> not this nope. season. Indeed. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it for us this cool, week man. before we, we start down in yeah, alcohol yeah, shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Remember, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, do leave a review. Five stars only because they give you five-star content. Um, you can follow us at Shelf Pod on Twitter uh, for all the wonderful things that Andrew's already mentioned, man. But just another part of the Spurs community trying to bring some positivity to what can be a pretty dire situation. But we move forward and the song goes, the Spurs go, Spurs go marching on. Guess we uh, can't be stopped now, man. Let's see how this whole thing ends up. So, yeah, till then, it's a good night from me. Lero, run the outro. Side, 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 side